0: Ladies, gentlemen, Jean-Michel Glachan again. I am back in Florence. I am in the premise of the Florence School for our Yolay Gas Week. You remember that 10 days ago I was in Medellin, Latin America, with Peter Hartley, professor of Shell Gas at Rice University in Texas and president of the International Association for energy economics, and we did discuss the shale gas boom and um, its significance for other areas, let's say Europe and China. You won't believe it, today I'm hosting at the Front School Jeff McColb. He's senior vice president at NERA, a very influential consulting company in the U.S. because they have been associated to the, to the reforming of the economics of regulation and they have been also very influential in poll industry with Salient, Grape, Chateau etc. But Jeff himself is the Pope, if I may say, because in the US not all of them <laughs> like the Pope, is the Pope, or the leader, if you want, of the regulations for the gas industry. He also did write the, the leading book uh, uh, at the world level on the political economy of pipelines at Chicago University Press. You, you, you see the quality of the book and the quality of the guy. And today I would like to investigate a bit more with Jeff, Jeff, sorry, the story of institutions helping or, or, or framing the gas industry. And you remember that with Peter we did discuss just a little bit, we did scratch the surface. But in the gas industry, institutions may be the bones and not the surface. So first, Jeff, in your opinion, do institutions matter with the gas industry and
1: why? Uh, Well, it's very nice to be here, Jean-Michel, nice to see you again. I love when you invite me to Florence, so thank you again. Pipelines are uh, dumb, inanimate steel tubes that stretch across the countryside from one spot to another, whether they're in South Africa or America or Europe. They all do the same thing, and the engineers who build and run them do the same thing. So to the extent that there's any difference in those places, it all has to do with institutions whether private capital built the pipes, whether there's federal sovereignty over interstate commerce, like in the States, but not in Europe, whether there's a muscular, trained, and bankable regulator for the entire continent, like in the United States, with the FERC and the National Energy Board in Canada, not the case in Europe, and whether there are sovereign internal borders that can interrupt the interstate flow of goods does not happen in the United States because of our 220-year-old constitution, but is a problem in Europe. Those are all institutions, they all affect politics, and they all affect the commerce of how pipelines work. So, for pipelines, it is all about institutions, because but the
0: the operations are rather prosaic. But Jeff, if institutions are so central to gas industry and gas industry development, how will it work with shale gas? Because because shale gas inevitably interacts with these institutions. Shale gas
1: is important. And one of the most important institutions that we have in North America is that the farmers own the gas. What's beneath the surface is owned by the owner of the land. Also, we have in the States and in Canada a very um, bumptious vigorous, competitive petroleum production and service industry. It's the thing that gets our oil and gas out of the ground. If you want specialized water, if you want specialized drill bits, if you want people and hardware and engineers, you can get them easily in the States. very hard to find that kind of service industry in Poland, where the farmer doesn't own the gas, but the state owns the gas, and the state has different interests. So starting right from the hole that's drilled, you have a different set of incentives and a different kind of competitive vigor to producing that kind of gas as opposed to conventional gas.
0: Okay, and, and do you think that it will be difficult in EU, but finally it will come because there is so many interested having European gas, or it's too difficult and really not impossible, but really hard? I think it's very, very difficult, either in East Asia, in China,
1: or in Europe, and the reasons are these. One is that the interest in gas is bound up in Europe and in China uh, by the government and the gas companies. Uh, There's one thing that works in the U.S. and Canada as institutions that Europe and the Far East doesn't have. Those two things are a Competitive source of gas where the farmers own it. And there's an industry willing to serve those farmers and get the gas out of the ground. And it takes, and the major players are not the ones who get the gas out of the ground in the States, as you know. They're the minor players, the ones where the geologist is close to the ground to know how to do the mix of drilling to get the most gas out of the shale deposits. But on the other side of the market, not the farmers. They're the gas distributors in the U.S. And you, John and Michelle, have, you've heard me talk about gas distributors for years. Those are the major buyers in the States. Those are the ones who use the pipeline system to aggregate the supply for their millions of consumers. Those two institutions, the farmers who own the gas, served by the bumptious supply industry for gas drilling and supply, on the one hand, and the distributors on the other, the major buyers who acquire gas for their millions of gas consumers, Those are North American institutions, and they propel the shale gas revolution through the open pipeline system. And without those institutions, getting shale gas out of the ground to supply customers in Europe or in Asia
0: could take a long, long time. Thank you, thank you, thank you, Jeff. So, so, dear audience... Uh, you see the point, the, the point, and I will end with a pirouette, I guess in, in English you say a salto, which is, uh, Jeff, you did put China and Europe roughly in the same basket. Is it because China did make really a um, uh, step forward and therefore is close to you, or is it because you have still many things to do because it is too close to China?
1: Uh, I brought up China. I wrote a book about the Chinese gas industry, the only one that's available outside of China to describe where their gas industry came from. And I was involved somewhat in the early stages of the deal between Gazprom and China, the one that was announced last year to great effect. Um, It is hard to create the kind of vigor that goes into the petroleum production sector that we have in the States in a country that does not that, that looks upon its pipeline system more in terms of its security and its national interest rather than in competition and come one may, as we have in the States. That's why I put China in, because of the idea that, I, I think it's, it's, it's the wrong idea, that one central government can make a shale gas industry, because that hasn't happened in the States. It's come from 10,000 different small producers and small wells served by a different kind of industry that China doesn't have.
0: Now I will, I will, of course, uh, thank Jeff and end by an anecdote. It, it, it's like this: My first daughter lives in China since many years and works in China, and she told me once, "You know that you won't believe me, but on many points, China is more advanced than France." I do not know if it is true. It is suggested by my daughter. Uh, While Jeff is more lenient, he's putting China and Europe on the same footing. We will discuss it later. Again, Jeff, many thanks. And you can see the audience that Jeff is really good at. Thank you, Samisha.